song for seniors. I am not alone. I hope that you'll claim that and recognize that as you go forward for him. And I uh, appreciated the song that was playing while the photos were coming up. You might not have appreciated all the photos, but appreciated those. Uh, you make beautiful things, and we all can say he's made beautiful things in you. And we look forward to the beautiful things he's going to do through you. Great anticipation. And so God bless you. And go do beautiful things for Jesus Christ. And we're just so honored today for this special day. I was down here and I started tearing up a little bit as I was uh, seeing the moms and dads, grandparents, and uh, for the joy, the bittersweet joy they have. And I was misting myself. And then I, then I started thinking that from the, the first senior day that we had here, when I was, first came, those seniors are now 47 years old. <laughs> I, I started crying for myself. I was feeling, I stopped crying for them. So it's hard to believe. But it, many of you see you grow up and find young men and women you are. What a, what a blessing. Well, let's take our Bibles this morning, friends, and I'm going to ask you to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and if you'd like to use the Bible, it's provided for you there. You can turn to page 901. Uh, you'll notice on the screen, you'll notice on the front of your bulletin, also up here on the platform, that our focus is about growing in Christ. Last Sunday and this Sunday, it's our focus, what it means to grow in Christ and the Lord tells us that we grow through two processes that are essential for us to grow as believers. We grow through planting and we grow through pruning. Planting and pruning. I want us now to look at John chapter 15 for our time in the Word this morning. It's important time to be thinking about planting for us as a church family. I'm sure most of you are aware that we are in the process of planting a church from this church. We're excited how God has led and the affirmation that came from this church body two weeks ago as we we're going to be planting Emmanuel Church. It's going to be led by Pastor Derek Grizz and Jared Raby from our pastoral team. And we're so excited about that. Keep praying. And if you're interested in knowing more about that, maybe you think God might want you to be a part of that team, or maybe you just want to know more about how to pray for that pioneer group that's going to be going out tonight at six o'clock over in the hub. Uh, Jared and Derek will lead an information meeting, more details and vision about that. So I encourage you to uh, be a part of that as God puts that on your heart. But I know all of us recognize what an incredible moment this is to be a part of the birth of a church. We could go back from this point where we are this morning to September 25th, 1961, when this church came in existence. Thank God for the people who are faithful and that we stand on their faith. And so we're looking forward to three weeks from today, May 22nd, to giving a faith offering 
toward the beginning of this new work. And I will encourage you to experience the joy of the Lord and the blessing of God of entering in with very generous giving on that day. We're calling it to plant those seeds, seeds for planting. And so I hope and I know that you'll be very generous. And so if you're going to be out of town, those opportunities will be available beginning next week. But I hope that you'll very, very generously give for the planting of this church. But planting is not something just about churches. It's about all of us as believers in Christ. And Jesus, a few hours before his arrest, had some very, very powerful things that he wanted his disciples to remember until he returned about how they would grow in him. And here is what he said. Verse one, chapter 15 of John. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean, because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples." Now, last week we talked about the process of planting for growth. The Lord wants us to be planted as branches in the vine. And so just to remind us of what we shared last week as we begin to look a little deeper what Jesus has to say about the other process for growth. He said when it comes to planting, we need to be planted in a living relationship. Planted in a living relationship. I am the vine, you are the branches. He is using this incredible illustration of not just organizational unity. He's talking about life-giving unity between the vine and the branch, which is the closest earthly expression that can be given of the life that exists between Christ and one of his followers. There's a life-giving relationship planted in that. There is no life apart from Christ and abiding in him, taking hold of him, resting, trusting, those are all synonyms. We've got to be planted in a living relationship. Secondly, we saw that we're to be planted in a living fellowship. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, plural. Not I am a vine, I am the vine, you are a branch, though that is true if you are a Christian. 
but you are branches. You see, even though we have a personal relationship with Christ, every person who is a believer has a personal relationship with Christ. I want you to know a personal relationship with Christ does not mean a solitary relationship with Christ. And it does not mean just an individual relationship with Christ. The New Testament knows nothing of a person who says, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I just don't have anything to do with anybody else who's connected to him. The New Testament does not know Lone Ranger Christians or solo saints. Vine branches, we need each other. Third thing we saw is that we are planted for a living purpose. Verse eight, Jesus said, and this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. We are to bear fruit what is the fruit of a Christian? It's the fruit of Christ. What's the fruit of Christ? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. All these qualities of the Spirit, that's the fruit of Jesus. What's the fruit of a branch? The fruit of a branch is also another branch. The Lord wants us to multiply. He wants many branches. Now we, we shared just a few takeaways last week that that means basically what we've got to do is we've got to plant ourselves. Plant yourself. Plant yourself in Christ. Plant yourself in the word. Did you notice how the word is used here about the relationship in verse three and verse seven and verse 10, plant yourself in the word. That's where you connect with the living Christ. He's the Christ of the word. And plant yourself with others. Connect yourself with other believers in relationships where you speak into their life and they speak into your life and you do those one another's of the New Testament. If you want a great Bible study, I encourage you to look up every time the phrase one another is used in the New Testament. It'll blow you away. Plant yourself with other, others. Be connected to Christ. Be connected to a community. And then be connected to the cause of making disciples. And the last thing we said last week is plant yourself where you are. You know, so many people are so looking forward to where they're going to be, they never are where they are. You can waste your whole life that way. You can waste your whole life thinking about what you're going to do, what you're going to be someday when right now where you are, listen, God is. God is where you are. Plant yourself in Christ. Bear fruit. Now today, very briefly, I want you to see the other process. Planting, that, that sounds so wonderful. Planting for Christ, planting in Christ, it is wonderful. But Jesus also says there's another process for our growth in him, and it is pruning. Pruning for growth. Planting and pruning have the same goal. What's the same goal of planting a vine a branch abiding in the vine and pruning. What's the same goal? The same goal is fruit. 
fruit. But planting and pruning have very different processes. There's a radical process in pruning. It's radical. Verse two, look at what Jesus said. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Notice that in, in, in verse two, he, there's a play on words here that doesn't come across in English. He, he says that if there's a branch that doesn't bear fruit, he takes it away. And the word there, take, to take away, is the word irain, irain. And he says that if it bears fruit, he prunes it. And the word for prune is katharain, katharain, irain, katharain. It's a play on words. It's talking about two very different branches and two processes. See, there's one branch, Jesus says, that does not bear fruit. And what happens? It's taken away. It's just taking up space on the vine. It's not producing anything. What's he talking about? He's saying this is a branch that has no real life. It just looks like it's a branch. It just seems to be a part, but there's no real life. And how is that proven? The indisputable proof is this. There's no fruit. Where there is no fruit, there is no real life connection with the vine. And what does Jesus say? Well, look at verse six. He says, this is what this means. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch. He withers and the branches are gathered and they're thrown into the fire and burned. You know, Jesus was very, very clear in his teaching that there would be in the kingdom those who look like they are branches, but they're not. In another figure, he said, it would be those who look like wheat, but they're not. They're tares. And at the end, the Lord himself will separate. And they'll be cast out of his kingdom. So he's talking about that kind of branch, But here's what he says about the other branch. This is so beautiful. The branch that bears fruit, that is the branch that really has a relationship, not all bearing the same amount of fruit, but every branch that's producing fruit, it really has a connection to the vine. What does he do? He prunes it. Verse two, Jesus said. Now that's a radical process, pruning. I remember when I was in college, uh, I did not uh, get an athletic scholarship. I was a long way from an academic scholarship. So what they gave me was a work scholarship. (laughs) They said, you work and we'll reduce your tuition. So I worked. But there was more expenses, of course, And uh, one expense that I had out there was that uh, I had met this lovely young lady back home and I wanted her to be my wife and so wanted to buy a ring for Susan so we could be engaged. So I did this. I went to the job board. This was back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Okay, no internet. I went to the job board and looked up for these little cards that said, here's a job. 
And so I found these jobs about mowing yards and raking leaves and mowing more yards. And, you know, I've told Susan, that's the reason the ring turned green on her finger because there was so much grass in it. <laughs> she didn't understand that. Uh, but one day, one day I saw a job that said, yes, come to this lady's house for yard work. I went there and this very elegant uh, Southern lady in South Carolina, she, she met me and she said, young man, do you know anything about trimming hedges? I said, oh, sure, everything, <laughs> everything, got it. Would you, I'll have you trim the front hedge, if you would, please. Yes, ma'am. I went out there, and I was trimming, trimming, trimming. Wasn't long, she came out in her little floral dress. Young man, I thought you said you understood trimming hedges. Hand me those shears, please. Whack, whack, whack. She starts hacking away at this this hedge, and I'm sitting there going, lady, you are murdering that hedge. You're committing murder right here. It's, that thing is dead. But she invited me back. I came back, you know, Saturday after Saturday, and you know what? That hedge started growing. And it started filling out, and it got lush, and I was thinking, you know, that, that lady knew what she was doing, but it looked totally radical when she was hacking away at that thing. You see, when, when a vine dresser, when he comes and he, he starts to hack away, it looks pretty radical. Now, I know I didn't use the right angle and probably didn't do that. You don't have to send me an email or anything, honestly. That's, that's okay. I'm just, I... I Majored in theology, not agronomy or... But, you know, he comes along. He, oh, now that's what we want. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. And that's what we want. That's what we want from the Lord. But the way he gets this is like that. You see, it looks like a hurting process, but it's not a hurting process. It's a helping process. The vine dresser is cutting away so the energy is flowing into those branches that are producing so they'll produce more and better and multiply. And of course, folks, pruning is not talking. When Jesus is talking about pruning, he's not teaching a class here on pruning. He, he's talking about branches. He's talking about believers. He's, he's talking about us. He's talking about you. We all want this. Go out and bear fruit. Yes. Yes. I'm going to bear fruit. I'm going to go and I'm going to take the training that I've received and all the opportunities ahead of me. Or I'm going to go and these skills I have, I'm going to bear fruit. Yes, this is what I want. Uh, that's not what I had in mind. That's not what I had in mind. Now think about us as a church when I think about this. Planting a church. <laughs> yeah. Kingdom breakout. 
shatter the darkness. Onward, Christian soldiers. Yes, planting. Right. Going to be awesome. It is. Well, wait a minute. I didn't know my group leader was going. Wait. We always talk when we have coffee on Sunday morning. Wait a minute. That, that guy's going, she's going. But, but, I, but I like being with them. I like our class the way it is, our ABF the way it is. I like our groups the way it is. I, I like this. Yes, but you see, Pruning is for more growth. You see, it's through the pruning as, as leaders are sent out that new leaders emerge. It's as people go and they reach the people that are left, renew their outreach and the kingdom advances, and you know what? It's not about me, it's not about my coffee club, it's not about my group, it's not about my fellowship, it's about him, and it's about them. That's what it's about. It's not about hanging out together. <laughs> it's about producing fruit so I, I know for us as a church, the pruning is going to start. And I want you to know that the pruning is a process for growth in so many dimensions. It's going to be great, but it ain't going to be easy. So what's some reminders? During the process of pruning, what are some reminders that we need? What are some reminders? Let me just give you some reminders for you when you're feeling this. When you're feeling this, remember a few things. Number one, remember who is being pruned. Remember who is being pruned. Every living branch. You know what? It should make you feel very, very joyful in a sense that the Lord is pruning you because you know what that means? That means... You're his. Sometimes you want to say, well, God, can't you just leave me alone? I mean, don't you have a few billion branches? Can't, can't you just leave me alone? I just really want to be left alone. No, you really don't. Really don't. You don't want God to leave you alone. It doesn't work out real well. Remember, you're his. That's the reason you're being pruned. It's who's being pruned. Secondly, remember who is doing the pruning. It, it, it's not some just intergalactic hand that comes down. You know, the, the, the bright side of the force, clunk, clunk. Now, this is not the good lightsaber. This is not that. It's who's, hold, who's holding the shears? It's your father's hand. 
Who's the vine dresser? The father is the vine dresser. He's holding the knife. I read just this week about a surgeon whose child had a reaction to some medication. The airway began to close up and the surgeon had to take someone's pocket knife, sterilize it quickly and cut a hole in his own little child's trachea so the child would survive. When we feel like God is pruning us and it feels like he's hacking away at us, remember the hands that hold the knife are the hands of your father. And your father is too good to be unkind and he's too wise to be, to be mistaken. He knows what he's doing. Third thing, remember why he is pruning. Why he is pruning. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Why is he pruning? So that we'll bear much fruit. And you know what that can feel like? You know what that can sound like when you hear that? I get it. Oh yeah, it's all about God. What God wants, all for him. I understand that. I have felt that way many times. It's all about you, right? Read on what Jesus said. Verse eight, listen to him. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be what? Full. Do you ever mark in your Bible? I mark in mine. And if you mark in your Bible, I encourage you to mark in this passage. And here's the way I marked mine. I circled in verse eight, the word glorified. Do you see that word? I circled it in my Bible. And then I noticed something in verse nine, loved you. And so I circled that word loved. I have loved you. I circled that word loved. And then I saw down in verse 11, your joy. And I circled that word joy. And then here's what I did. I connected those words, glorified, loved, joy. How is God glorified? When we know how much we're loved and when we are full of joy, that glorifies God. Friends, God is not a cosmic killjoy. God is not up there saying, those folks are having way too much joy. God is not a cosmic killjoy. Listen, God is a compassionate filljoy. He gets a kick out of his children knowing how much they're loved 
and feeling the joy of that. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. That's what John Piper has said brilliantly. And it's true. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Friends, the Lord wants you to be so full of joy when you think that God does not want you to be joyful, recognize that's not from God. That's from the world. And the world lies in the power of the wicked one. The world tells us, you serve Christ, you follow God, and you will miss your life. And Jesus said, you follow me, you'll find your life. I know just how I created you. I know just the gifts I gave you. I know your personality. I know your training. I know all of your experiences. And I will fill them up with purpose if you will abide in me. Well, what to do during the pruning? Sam, pruning comes. Yes, I know. I, God loves me. I sense his love. But times it's like, what do you do? Well, Jesus told you nine times what to do. Nine times he said it. Abide in me. 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 Abide in me, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. Do you think he was trying to tell us something? What does that mean? What does it mean for a, a branch to abide in the vine? It means the branch presses in to the vine. This is a biological fact. When does the branch press into the vine in deeper ways? During the pruning. When you, when you feel, when you feel this, that should be a call for us to press into Christ. How do we press into Christ? You, you press in in worship. Some of you have made a, a wonderful step even this morning. You know why? You came. You didn't want to be here. You didn't feel like being here. Your emotions weren't engaged heavenward. You didn't get out of bed this morning singing Count your blessings, name them one by one. You might have not even felt like you got up this morning. You might have felt like you got resurrected this morning. But you came. You know what? Sometimes you don't feel like worshiping. But worship is a command. Why does God command us to worship him? Does he need it? 
God doesn't need anything. I know he doesn't need me. God commands us to worship not because he needs it, because of what we receive through him. Worship. When David came back to his hometown with his men, King David, right before he became king, when his men found their hometown burned to the ashes, their children and wives had been carried off captive, the men started talking about stoning David. I'd say that's a bad day, wouldn't you? That's a terrible, horrible, very bad day. But do you know what the Bible says next? David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. All he had left was God. And all he needed was God. And so he chose to worship. Choose to worship. You don't feel like praying. Choose to pray. You don't feel like coming to church. Choose it. You don't feel like reading the word. Choose it. Because friend, in your openness to God, in you directing yourself to his word, in your putting yourself in a place, you are opening the sails of your soul to the wind of the spirit. You cannot make the wind blow, but you can get your sails ready. You can get the sails of your heart ready. Growing in Christ. Plant yourself in Christ. Plant yourself in the word. Plant yourself with others. Plant yourself where you are. And now remind yourself when you're being pruned. Who is being pruned? I am. I'm a branch of the Lord. Remind yourself who is doing the pruning. This hurts but it's my father's hands. Remind yourself why he's pruning. Not for him, but his glory and your joy as you press into Christ and you find your life in Christ. As you don't, he doesn't bring this so you run from him, but running to him. What do you find? Just like the wayward son found as he turned home and he came running with the rags and the pig slop dripping off of him. Why did he find a father whose arms were open running to him? That's what you'll find. What to do? Press in. This morning, You may not understand, but you got to press in. At the eight o'clock service, what do I tell? What do I tell to my little grandson who's just lost his eye? What do you tell to a vibrant young follower of Christ? Musician, riding his bike. And in a moment, he's paralyzed in an auto accident. What do you tell him? 
What he tells someone at the graveside, what he tells someone when they don't understand. What do we do? Sometimes you can't tell them anything and the last thing you should do is try to tell them. Who knows what the Lord is doing, how he's doing it. His ways are mysterious, yes. But when we can't trace his hand, I know it sounds trite. What can we do? We can trust his heart. The Lord is good and he does good. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. So our heads are bowed. Let's not get ready to leave. Could we just bow our heads? Could we just bow our heads? Press into Christ, cling to Christ. And I want to plead with you, my friend, if you just maybe know religion, you just know about church <laughs> or or just to know about trying to do the best you can to earn the favor of God. Friend, press into Jesus. Take hold of Jesus. Take hold of Jesus. That's what it means to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will shall be saved. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let go of anything else you're holding on to. Let go of any form of religion that has never changed your life right now with all of your heart. Call out, take hold of Jesus by faith. Call upon him. Wrap yourself around him, the life giver. And he will give you his life and now friend maybe you're feeling the knife I don't know what's going on I don't know what the knife is God doesn't tell us what the knife will be he tells us he holds the knife maybe it's the knife of sickness maybe it's the life knife of a lost job maybe it's the knife of financial reverse maybe it's the knife of a broken relationship maybe it's the knife of a family trial maybe it's the knife of physical pain or weakness but the Lord holds it press in press in as our heads are bowed I'm going to ask us just to quietly stand to our feet let's just our heads are bowed let's just quietly stand to our feet and here's what I'd like you to do. Our heads are bowed. And Doug's going to lead us. And maybe right now you just sense that you need Christ in some area, some situation. It's Christ himself. You need him. Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. And I just encourage you, maybe you need just to slip out and just pray. Make us a moment of confirmation. Maybe you need to talk with one of our pastors. We invite you to come. But I invite you to do this. Just maybe lift up that hand or lift up both your hands. And just from your heart, just feel it taking hold of Jesus. Jesus, draw me close, closer, 
to you. Doug leads us. Let's sing this prayer. Jesus, draw me close. Jesus, draw me close. Closer, Lord.